You You are are now now listening listening to The The Black Black Spark, Spark, a podcast about actively balancing healthy relationships, mindful parenting, and mental and physical wellness in this this crazy crazy world. world. I guarantee that I will spark the the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job, is to spark somebody else watching us. Welcome to The Black Spark. Welcome to The Black Spark. I'm your host, Nia. And I'm your host, Adai. And we are back, y'all. We missed y'all. Every time we do a couples episode, we kind of skip a week and miss a bunch of stuff. And And if you don't take notes, it just goes. It just goes. Y'all don't know how much amazing, funny, hilarious, crazy, ridiculous (laughs) things happen in this household. And in the world. Yeah, the world. You know. know, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about all of them. They crazy out there. Well, how was your two weeks? How was your week? Yes, my two weeks. You know, it's funny. I had a very good time recording the last episode with Doctors Henry. Shout out to y'all. That yes, Doctor Tiffany Henry, sex therapist, psychotherapist, and Doctor Jason Henry, chiropractor and colleague and friend of mine. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. So it I, was. like when we do those episodes, like so for so for you, you be missing because you want to just spill all the tea. And be like, you know what happened, y'all? And I'm like, ah, it's done. I don't have to do anything else. (laughs) And then Sunday was beautiful because I got to go to my cousin's house and spend some time in love with Fat Shout Out to Pegasus Warning and Who Is When, Mm -hmm. uh, my cousins and family, uh, East L.A., had a very good time just chilling over there. Socially distanced. Socially distanced. Yes. Yes. Outside. Outside. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Everybody's tested negative. We're all good. Mm-hmm, Loved mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it was nice to see family. We ain't seen them in literally months. The entire corona time and probably before then. months before then. Yeah. Just because he's busy, we busy. Yep. But it was beautiful just to sit down and chill and catch up. Um, and also, I did not bust my knees or my legs and my butt and thighs only hurt for about three days. They didn't hurt after. Immediately after, even, even I went rollerblading. About. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm about to give it to him. Damn, chill out. <laughs> Take it too long. So, you know that our, our little sanctuary in the neighborhood, we go to this church um, that has a nice grassy area as well as a nice parking lot with some, um, what do you call it? Parking, what do you call them? Speed bumps. They got some speed <laughs> bumps that I can jump over and feel like I'm young again. Anyway, we take the kids there. They ride their scooters. They ride their bikes. Helmeted, of course. And for the first time in years, I broke out the rollerblades and I was doing my thing. It was a good time. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I want to order some rollerblades now. I'm, I'm, I'm not confident that I won't bust a kneecap, but I'm willing to well, try. perhaps you should not. We can get you a bicycle. <laughs> well, we need both. I need both. I, I, I need both your kneecaps, too. <laughs> my brother just got out of surgery and the man can't even walk down the steps. I don't know if he so, wants to tell his business. Hey, look, he's in recovery. <laughs> Okay, he hurt himself. I don't want to hurt myself, too. And I feel better about me than I do about you. So, no rollerblades. I think I'm going to get some rollerblades, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so that was that. That's it for me. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I recorded a first episode of a new podcast that I'm going to be co-host of. So, that's exciting. More about that later. Mm -hmm. And... We watched The Social Dilemma, which y'all really, really, really Everybody need, to check that out. need to check that out. And don't don't be just watching it and letting it go over your head. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. Take the take the cautions mm-hmm. <laughs> to heart. Pay mm-hmm. attention to, you know, 
we are how- in a pivotal moment yet again, human beings. Yeah, pay attention to how much time you're spending on social media, what it is they know about you, all that kind of stuff. So that was an interesting thing. What else happened this week? Oh, I'm going to miss you, Lovecraft. Ah, we Lovecraft Country. We watched filmed the final episode in our review. And yeah. now, if y'all got a show y'all think we should watch that is in keeping with our genre, I mean, our with our, what do you call it, with our lane. Yes. Then, you know, hit us up. Emails. We would like it to be a black show for the most part. <laughs> yes. Well, our, our, our guest co-host, she's like, look. I need us. I need our narratives centered. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got Okay, I got you. But we like doing show reviews. So if you all know of a show, um, we would love to watch and get immersed in another dimension. But yeah, so that was the week. It was fun. Nice. Let's talk about them damn kids. Them damn kids. Let's talk about them damn Ooh. kids. So for your damn damn kids, what you got? <laughs> so I believe Tatum was beating up Sanai's witch hat. Sanai has a witch hat from her witch costume from last Halloween. Mm-hmm. And Tatum was punching it and beating it up. And mm. Sanai goes, you are a bad respecter. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I said, you mean she's being disrespectful? <laughs> yeah, bad respecter you. Yes, she's being disrespectful. And then I overheard Adai asking I something in Spanish, like, uh, ¿Qué está haciendo? Or mm-hmm. something like that. And she goes, um, Yo no sé. Quinto va sino fenicina wa que la fecha de macheiro cena. You started off really good. <laughs> like, and what are you talking about? That's not Spanish, baby. Morado, tinchenesa. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Sanai, you are going to get popped in the mouth by your Panamanian family for making fun. <laughs> hey, hey, stop it. And she, she like, yeah, no, this is Spanish. This is Spanish, clearly, because she'd be going in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so yeah. that's that okay, that was hilarious. Because now every time I say something to her in Spanish, she'd be like, si, uvas. <laughs> and I'm like, no. I no, said, yeah, no grapes for your ass. Yeah, I said, que color quieres? And she'd be like, which means, you know, what color do you want? And she'd be like, si, oso, oso. Oh, oh, oh. No, no. That's not what <laughs> we're talking you, about. That's <laughs> Yeah, so we're working on it. She understands that she needs to be bilingual in this house, but (laughs) that being bilingual is not something that you just make up. Yeah, she on she on trilingual, just trying anything (laughs) lingual. She's just acting foolish. She know, I know she know, cause she be getting, she be having that silly ass grin when she doing it. Oh, for real, she knows for sure. She's saying, but yeah, that was hilarious. I guess we're on the Sanai theme. This week, so I don't know what day it was. Six forty-five in the morning. I'm making breakfast, and I had to leave the kitchen while the eggs was cooking. And she stayed in. She stayed in the kitchen. I'm like, yo, come out the kitchen. I was about to, I was about to turn on the iron. I'm like, yo, come out the kitchen. You want to get burned? And she's like, no. I said, all right, cool. She's, like, I don't want to get burned like the food. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, hey, I don't burn it all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you know, just like the food, honey. Just and. Um, I'm not food. Nobody can eat all of my, the parts of me because I will be dead. Dead, I tell you. And like, yeah. <laughs> so she turns her head to the side, sticks her tongue, her tongue out, and closes her eyes and is like, yeah. 
time. I'm like, okay, so I'm like, yep. Like, eh. <laughs> oh my goodness, hilarious. So I must have spent another. Now Nia came out at some point, and I was writing this down, and I must have spent a good ten minutes writing this down, trying to figure out how to spell. <laughs> U E H. Was it yeah? Or is it hip? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it started with an H. <laughs> anyway, I looked over at a die and he's just talking to himself and making noises. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't know this was what was happening, but I appreciate your commitment to the episode. <laughs> it's time for Ask a Die, where we read and answer a question from you, our listener family. Send your questions to it's the black spark at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at the black spark podcast. So for ask a die this week, I actually was watching sexy and talented Jadena on his Instagram and he's just blossoming into such an amazing man. He's on my list now. He's definitely on my list of because you got a little weight on him now? Yes. <laughs> Not that skinny monkey he used to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <the> cheap. <laughs> He's on my most fuckable list now. So, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned the book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. And how it pretty much changed his life and made him rethink feminism and the role that the feminine the feminine energy should be playing in society and how out of balance we are because of the mm. lack of that mm. feminine energy and so i was like hmm i think a dad would like this book yeah. so i bought it for him so what do you think of the book so far i know you haven't gotten through all of it but full transparency real talk i read the table of contents it was amazing not joking. <laughs> nah. so i actually skipped around and I gave myself permission to do something I don't normally do, which is skip to the conclusion. Wow. Not every book has a conclusion. They just go through the story. And I love this kind of stuff. Nia knows me and she knows that I like practical books, right? And so King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, Rediscovering the Archetypes of the Mature Masculine. And so in my life coaching and in the work, the internal work um, and the client work that I've been doing, I've been unfolding and learning also about the divine masculine versus what we have come to know as masculine. There's a divine masculine, there's a divine feminine, and this regular masculine and feminine is, is not actually, they don't, they're not properly delineating the attributes of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. So I didn't even know you... Um, had actually been taught, thinking about feminism and that maybe being one of the reasons why I would like the book. But I've always, I've always been someone who's very comfortable in my feminine energy. And so this book, it also has practical activities in the end because reading about things is different from giving men the tools to actually access the characters that are at play in our psyche. So that's part of why I skipped to the ending. So I could just get the practical exercises. Uh, these concepts are not original to these authors. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. these constructs and archetypes show up in a lot of the stuff that I've been studying for years now. And so, but yeah, it gives me another opportunity to get back into those and actually use discipline to engage in myself. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for the buy. We'll talk more about it again later. Sweet. Yeah. Welcome to the Black Sparks team. I think I want to draw your attention to the fact that discipline, yes, it does, in fact, make your lives easier. Mm-hmm. Elections are coming up, um, and so that it, it it's clear that we're trying to figure out what the next iteration of these United States is going to look like. Are we going to continue to be a corporate um, oligarchy? Are we going to move into authoritarianism? Are we going to be a direct or indirect republic, public democracy, democracy all of that jazz, mm-hmm. right? Um, We are teetering on the brink, and for me, all of that is more of the pie in the sky, grander constructs, and where it breaks down to is what are you going to do with your life? Why are you waking up in the morning? Is it out of obligation that you go to work? Is it out of inspiration that you do what you do? Whatever Asian you need, (laughs) work on it, figure it out, because it takes 21 days to create uh, habits and 90 days to build the foundations of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What lifestyle do you want to be living come 2021? Because it will be here regardless of what you decide to do. And if Mm -hmm. you don't have discipline, you're just going to get your ass swept up in whatever everybody else is doing and that mm-hmm. could be problematic. Get yourself organized. Get organized or we won't survive. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> we got you singing. <laughs> but yeah, there's more to say, but I just wanted to hit y'all with that snippet because it got to get done. All right. All right. And vote. Yeah, vote your ass. That's part of the discipline. Put it in there. <laughs> it's Nia's need to know. 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 Yes, I turn. Nia, <laughs> what they need to know? Listen, it's been two weeks, so I'm just gonna just shoot off some shit. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No. Not over here. <laughs> <laughs> in no particular order, and I'm not gonna have enough time to talk about any of it. Oh, so I'm supposed to, I'm not gonna interact with you this time. Just, you can you're gonna run it off. No, you can interact. Like okay, I'm gonna say okay. something, and then you'd be like, "Ooh," and I'm gonna say something, you'd be like, "Ah," like yeah. that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the parameters of this interaction. I am ready to go. So for Nia's need to know, there's the Karen Act that was just passed to make it so that 911 calls for racist shit are now illegal in San Francisco. Y'all, they had to do that? Can yes. You, do you realize that? They had to do that. How about I love that it's called the Karen Act? Yeah, I love it. Caution that. against racial and exploitative non-emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So pretty much they're like, they said 911 is not customer service Hell for no. people's racism. Hell Boom. No. Period, poo. Texas is now allowing social workers to deny services to gay people. Excuse me. There's that. Brianna Taylor's grand jury is now allowed, has been allowed by the courts to let us know all what happened in the grand jury situation. And now we know that they weren't given any murder oh, no. or manslaughter or any. The o- mm-hmm. only char- they weren't given any of those charges to deliberate on. The only charges that they were given to deliberate on was the reckless endangerment mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the white people who live next door. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why it came back like that, because they weren't given any of the other things. So I'm hoping to hear more from that uh, grand jury surprise. about what else happened in that. Sarcasm. 
we cannot find, and I say we, but it ain't had nothing to do with me or mm. y'all. Mm. We can't find over 500 parents from the children that we snatched away from their parents at the border. We can't find them. These children are now orphans in a foreign land and don't know when, where, how they'll ever be reunited with anybody who actually loves them. And asshole Trump in the debate, the, in the debate said, yeah, but they've been treated so well. They're nice and clean cells that they're in. Fucking asshole. Asshole. Private prisons spent more money in this election than they have ever spent in any election before. And all of it, almost all of it, going to the GOP and GOP candidates. So fuck what y'all heard about listening to both sides and talking to both sides. The private prisons only want one side to win. So y'all go ahead and chew on that. Let's not forget that they have actual quotas in their contracts with state governments. They Mm -hmm. have to keep the occupants to a certain level Mm -hmm. so that they can make money these are private prisons there to make money so (laughs) Tory Lanez is now making it seem like he ain't shoot Megan Thee Stallion and even if he did she wouldn't be able to tell because her back was facing the wrong way so she wouldn't know who shot her if somebody shot her when they shot her when she said she was shot so he just throwing a bunch of shit up against the wall to see what stick he's fuckboy of all fuckboys Giuliani is in the new Borat film. He says he's on the bed <laughs> tucking his, his shirt, shirt in. <laughs> he looked like he was hoping yeah. that somebody was going to give him a happy ending. So that happened. Yo. We saw Cardi B's titty. And I still ain't see it. People made, people, <laughs> people made different memes of it, like pancakes, salami. They, she just got big nipples. They look fine to me. Hey, hey. titties is titties. Who says ill to a titty? I, for, I forgot titty. That, that comedian Yo, that said, who says ill to baby. a titty? It's titties. Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson has paused their vaccine situation, their vaccine research and development because uh, somebody came down with an unexplained illness. So there's that. And an employee. No, one of the people in the trial. Oh wow! They stuck yeah. them with some shit, and now they got new symptoms. They've also stopped the antibody therapy trials check them and revamp them so this whole talk that we're gonna have a vaccine by such and such a time you want vaccines take five to ten years to develop sit y'all asses down and just wait everybody just shut down and shut down shut down sit down and shut up (laughs) for 14 days our lives will be better (laughs) yes twitter has suspended thousands of fake accounts posing as black Trump supporters. So all of these woke hotep blah 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 people out there, a lot of them are bots, a lot of them are faking, a lot of them are run by not black people. So mind what y'all watching. Told y'all there's a difference between blacks and black people. Yes. <laughs> There was a plot to to liberate the Virginia uh, governor by kidnapping him. That's right. That's right. No, no, no. This is a different person. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. Please continue. No, white supremacists are out here just trying to plot and kidnap a bunch of people. So there's that. Trump is trying to get 18 to 20% of the black male vote since I believe it was 2004. The black male vote has slowly been increasing toward Republicans. So first it was like 9% of the black male vote went to Republican candidate, presidential candidates. Then last time, I think Trump got 13% of the black male vote. Mm. And so it's just been slowly inching up. And so all of his ads and shit that are out now are really trying to get black men 
to vote for him. This is why Twitter has suspended all these black accounts or whatever. Like they're really trying to push this on black men, which is why we weren't all that surprised when Ice Cube and 50 Cent came out seemingly like they were, you know, probably going to vote for Trump. So 50 Cent pretty much is like, I don't want to pay extra taxes, so I'm going to have to vote for Trump because Biden's oh tax plan on, is man. ridiculous. Pay your, pay your share. Pay man. your share. You you drive on these asshole, roads man. and you fly in these skies. So pay your share. And Ice Cube said he was just trying to say black people need to talk to both sides because if Either one of one of them is going to win. And so we need to be able to talk to both sides because we need to get our agenda our for agenda. black people right. together to, no matter who's in power. Agreed. The problem is, Ice Cube, that number one, there's absolutely no reason for you to believe that anything Trump says to you is actually going to get done. Uh-huh. No, nothing that he came up with in his plan is even anywhere reminiscent to the contract with black America that you created, mm-hmm. number two. And number three, you didn't do any research about what other black people and other black groups have been doing and have been trying to do that were actually, that are actually a part of your contract with black America that you could have, you know, joined forces with and piggybacked off. No, you said you don't need to stand in nobody's line. You don't need to get in nobody's lane and you just going to go for it. And now you look kind of stupid. Well, ain't ain't it that... A lot of the stuff that he said that was in the contract for Black America was already proposed and already agreed upon, but simply was not acted on. Right. And and the problem that I have with that is you really think people are not acting on it just because they don't want to act on it. These are people who are trying to act on it. You don't you haven't looked into what they have been doing to act on it. You're just saying this hasn't gotten done yet. Yeah, it hasn't gotten done yet. That doesn't mean we haven't been moving or they haven't been moving forward towards it. Yeah. Immigration reform hasn't gotten done yet. That doesn't mean people haven't been moving forward trying to get to that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, just do your own research. They also shut down the census early because they don't want everybody to be counted, just like they trying to fucking steal ballots shut and shut down the mail and all because they don't want people to be counted. And fraudulent depo- drop off boxes. Ridiculous. They shut down the census on uh, October 15th, and I think they only gave us like two days' notice. Mm ridiculous reinfection of COVID-19 is a thing people it is not something that you got and you can't get again just like the common cold you get that you can get it again and not only can you get it again but it can be more severe and possibly deadly the second time or the third time or however whatever subsequent time that you get it so as I said sit y'all asses down I don't want it and last but not least, on a funny side of thing, but not so funny, Jeffrey Tubin, y'all. Jeffrey Tubin, political contributor on CNN, and I believe he writes for some major magazine or publication. Anyway, this dude decided that he should be jerking off during a Zoom meeting with I'm his s- colleagues. <laughs> he said he thought that the camera was off. That's not Listen a good to response. Me. Listen to me. A Zoom meeting with your colleagues is just the same as a board meeting with your colleagues or or, or a conference room meeting with your colleagues. Since when do you be like, yeah, I'm just going to whip my shit out and start jerking it 
in a meeting with my colleagues. Ain't nobody Yo, mad at you for not having pants. Fourth quarter projections. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ain't nobody mad at you for not having pants on. When's the last time any of us wore pants? Yeah, like, y'all don't even know. Even... I, be in, I be in underwear and a nice shirt. Come on, man. <laughs> We're not mad at you for not wearing pants. No, but keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> no, not to yourself. <laughs> Actually, keep them on the table. So then they did. They on Twitter. They were like, they hashtag me tubing. <laughs> Instead of me too. Me too, Ben. Oh my God. That's so nasty. Why would you do that? Gross. But the worst part about that situation were all the men on Twitter who came to the man's rescue talking about, well, you know, it's the stress of the pandemic. And that's the reason why we have Zoom meetings in the first place. And, you know, he wouldn't, he didn't hurt anybody. It's not sexual assault. It's not sexual harassment. It's not that bad. That's like Rosie O'Donnell using whatever the medication was as an excuse for her racism come yes. on man yes yes there's no time during a zoom meeting where i'm like let me just twiddle my diddle no <laughs> no so the the fact that there are men out there like getting Making excuses or yeah. defending the behavior yeah you jerking off at, at, work. at work that's what you're doing you're jerking off at, at work. work come on man so that happened. That was the funniest thing that happened. That was going to be my send-off. But because we are in voting season, and I already told y'all right. that everything is geared toward voting, we have a wonderful special guest. Yeah, come on My wonderful cousin, T. Marie King. She's an activist out of Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. And we are going mm. to be talking with her about why it is important not just to vote, but to also complement that with grassroots activism in your neighborhood Get engaged. every vote matters every election matters and everything you do to get the population mobilized toward your political policies and agendas matters all right y'all where we are happy to introduce the wonderful activist t marie king out of birmingham alabama Ow. say hello to the people hey folks say hello to people again because we didn't record this the first time hey people <laughs> From the dirty. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I don't even remember how I started the first time. Tell us a little bit about how you became an activist. Absolutely. So the activism world is interesting. Wasn't what I wanted to do. I always wanted to help people. <laughs> don't we all say that? We all say that. You no, know, yeah, we want to help people. We all good people. You know, you give charity and all that. But, um, you know, background is film and video production. Had to come home due to health issues, started working in community service, and really started seeing disparities in the community and wondering, okay, <laughs> where is the power? Where's the money? How do we actually get things changed? But it was 2015 when I got picked to participate in the commemorative Selma to Montgomery uh, 50th anniversary march that the National Park Services did. That's what shifted it all for me, you know, is being a part of that group. And just the camaraderie that we experience as a group of people, and you're talking about folks all different ages, shapes, sizes from all over the United States, walking 54 miles from Selma to Montgomery. Mm. I can't believe you did that, girl. Did you have your Fitbit on? (laughs) (laughs) Look, it was deep, you know, and in two days, it rained all day. You know, and what we found out was that first day that it rained for us was the technically the second day of the march. It rained the entire second day of the original march. Wow. So we were just like, whoa, mm-hmm. like this is this is major, yeah. you know, and then the uniqueness of only 300 people participating, because if you watch Eyes on a Prize or anything civil rights related in February, you see thousands of people at Brown Chapel and then you see people marching and then you see thousands of people at the Capitol. But Dr. King could only secure a permit 
to March for only 300 people. And so that's why that number was so significant. And so, you know, coming out of that, we all started our own Facebook group. We all have stayed in contact. But at the end of that fifth day for me, I was like, I have to do something with this experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't experience this to just not do anything. And I decided from there, you know, I want to see how I can address how we see each other. And so my focus became, you know, racial equity and how we deal with difference. And that's what I've been working on since 2015. That's amazing. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier as we were preparing for the interview that you've done a number of speaking engagements recently. And so, like you said, like 69 out of like 65 out of 79 have been um, remote speaking yes. engagements. So my, my, I'm curious as to has, has your engagement number gone up um, in recent times or is this something, something you, you just high frequency speaking with people all the time? Now, I want to say I'm just high frequency and, and on everybody's top list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. That's what I want to say. But I will say definitely, I thought when the pandemic hit, I was like, ooh, I'm going to be able to rest and relax a little bit because last year was busy for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not so much. You know, after we saw the stuff with Ahmaud Arbery and then Breonna Taylor, And then, of course, when George Floyd, I got slammed on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, like my DMs was lit and it wasn't the type of lit I wanted. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the me and I was harassing on Twitter one one sliding, but people wanted these talks, you know, about what was going on in the community. And I literally rushed and put a website together. And literally the first day that it was launched, I got 80 requests. And it wasn't just in Alabama. It was all over the place. Um, And I was like, okay, well, clearly people want to have this conversation. So let's do it. So I've done virtual conversations with people in Minneapolis, virtual conversations with folks in Florida, of course, in Alabama, New York. I've done a bunch of stuff for New York. And people are just like, what do I do in this moment? And so it's been a lot. But I'm just glad people are willing to engage in this uncomfortable moment to have these conversations to really wrestle with not only what's happening, but how they view what's happening. Cause that's really key is how you look at it. So I know for this episode, we really want to focus on voting and activism and the marriage between the two. But I do want to ask you, I know Alabama is still quite racist. So, (laughs) right. And I hear people on TV and out in the world say, you know, black people, the, the African-American community is not a monolith, you know, and we, we know from this, just this primary season where the younger black voters are, were straight for like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, whereas the older black aunties in South Carolina just put a smack down on that and was like, no, 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 <laughs> we rocking with Joe Biden. And we were like, really, auntie? Mm-hmm. We got to like, why? <laughs> why? You know, it's the devil we know. It's true. It's really what it is. And it's the stability of it all. It's 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 the electability. Don- and Donald Trump, he would have he he would have dragged oh, Sanders and Warren. He would have just dragged them with just bullshit, just bullshit thrown up against the wall. First of all, it's a Warren is a woman. As much as we love her, he would have just ran with mm-hmm. the woman hate. Mm-hmm. And Sanders, he would have just ran with crazy yelling all the time, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I think this was you know a practical choice, and I'm hoping that it's going to pan out. But like I'm saying, we know that there's a stark difference between um, the politics of older black folks and younger black folks. And so do you feel like there's any particular issue 
that both older black folks and younger black folks can actually come together on cross generationally. I, I really think we got to focus on equity and policy, you know, and I figure and I feel like that because if we understand policy and how that works in relation to laws and legislation, I think it'll make it easier to actually unify because we know the end goal is to shift this, to change this so you have access. I think both groups do a lot of talking and not really taking the time to really listen of you know how far progress somebody, this group may be versus this one. I think a lot of the older generation, especially down South, there's this reverence of the civil rights movement and don't get me wrong, I love and respect and I'm thankful <laughs> for everything every single foot soldier has done, but it's been put on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And so- And, and it was and 60 saying, years ago. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, it's a thing of, we can reverence it, but that wasn't the end of the work. And I think the people of that generation got very comfortable because we got civil rights. We got the Voting Rights Act. And then, you know, here, late early 70s, we get the Fair Housing Act, you know? And so it's like, okay, we've accomplished some things and I can go where I want to and I can eat where I want. Okay, we're good. Let's not rock the boat. And then, you know, the 70s, the 80s, the crack, you know, epidemic, you got the prison, the, the, the school, the prison pipeline, all these other factors, mass incarceration that's affecting us. All that is, is convict leasing. That's, you know, enslavement that has moved into convict leasing privatized prisons. You have people that are looking at fourth grade test scores and decided how many prisons they're going to build. And it's like, we need to understand that there are laws and policies that have been put in place that allow these things to continue. And I think until we really delve into that and the understanding of how that works, then we can start truly unifying on some issues. But I think there's always, when you deal with different generations, going to be some type of bickering back and forth. But to when you talked about Biden and Warren and all of them, I'm hoping for the day to where we can get to, to the place where we can vote aspirationally. Mm. And we haven't had that yet. You know, we have this two party system, you know, that it's like you got to be this or this. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily all that excited about Biden picking Harris. You know, I'm a Susan Rice fan personally, because I think she she the full package. She coming with the knowledge, but they was never going to accept her at all. And so to me, another level of equity is being able to vote aspirationally. And African-Americans have not had that opportunity in our nation yet. Can I just say, ooh, thank you for all of that? Because it sounded like there are some things we can unify on yeah. if we have a, a more comprehensive understanding of what we're actually dealing with. If we're not stuck yeah. in our feelings with all the misinformation, we can actually process as a group and possibly come together on some things. Absolutely. Things always go back to me to our first interview that we had, uh, author Nikki Ace. She wrote a book recently called The 400 Year Head Start. Pick it up. Yes, definitely. It's on Amazon. It's very, it's a very easy read. You can read it in one day. It's great. And a lot of that book shows that every time black people move for black Americans move forward, in this country regarding um, civil rights and equal rights, there's a new thing <laughs> put in place to be a barrier and new we policies. overcome that. Yep. And then there's a new barrier and we overcome that. So when I hear about how there's such a chasm between older generation African-Americans and younger generation, I feel like 
the younger generation is looking like every time y'all did something, they just put more stuff. Y'all stopped at civil rights and y'all got voting rights and y'all got civil rights and y'all got some housing. But don't you see that it's the same? I still can't buy a house. Show up? But I still can't buy a house in the areas that you couldn't buy a house in before. Like they still found ways to segregate our schools, even though there's no there's laws against segregation. Like there's there's mm-hmm. still these huge disparities. disparities and and to and we look at our older generation and we're like, how are you comfortable? And I'm sure they're looking at us like, y'all don't know what the fuck y'all talking about because mm-hmm. we had separate water fountains. Did you have dogs and water hoses <laughs> right. and batons on a regular basis? No, okay, then. You look comfortable to me. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. right. <laughs> so it's every, we're both right. You know what I mean? Because we're just looking through it through different lenses at yeah. the same thing. Absolutely. It's, it, you know, it becomes both and. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I always tell older folks, I said the temptations singing ball of confusion is same thing as our generation saying fuck the police. Mm-hmm. You know, we see the disparities. You just may not like how we communicate it. Mm-hmm. We're upset about the things we're seeing. You know, we're talking about we've been dealing with this craziness since what, the 17th century? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We have to be honest about our history. And I think any conversation we have about equity change or any of that has to start with history and truth and be real about the fact that yo this country was built on the genocide of first nations and indigenous people you know and all those that you couldn't kill you went and put them somewhere we're gonna sit y'all over here and stay away from us yeah. and then it's like oh we need some people to help us build this thing because we don't want to work with them mm-hmm. let's go on over here to west africa mm-hmm. grab a bunch of them black folks bring them over here don't pay them for labor do chattel slavery mm-hmm. for all these years and even when you emancipate us, you still got folk down in Texas that's like, we ain't free and our Negroes, they our niggas, you know? And so you keeping them to the point that you had masters that were killing yeah. these free men and women just because they didn't want them to live free. 100%. And didn't they happen to create the police off of that model? Yes, they you sure know did. Stop and frisk, slave patrols, same thing to me. You know, this morphed from something. And that's why I think it's so important to understand the history. So when you have people that are saying defund the police, don't get all upset and in your feelings. Nobody is necessary. Well, some people are saying get away with get away with the police. But it's about reallocate those resources so that we can properly have transparency, properly have accountability, get these folks trained or get their asses out of here <laughs> who yeah. don't need to be here anymore so we can move forward properly. But you're right. Every time we have advanced, they move the finish line. Mm-hmm. And then we advance some more and move the finish line. And what we have to do as black people and what I think also Hispanic people got to do and indigenous people need to do. And it'd be cool if we all could work together mm-hmm. would be to say, you know what? Y'all not going to keep moving this line on us. But a lot of that is there's no participation without representation. And unless we have people in certain offices, there's no reason that there should be a district that's predominantly black or Hispanic and there's somebody white representing that is not reflective of the community. But then that goes back to that education and making sure we're getting these younger folks engaged and understanding what role they can play in politics, amplifying the voices of their community. So what policy do you think we should be focusing on as a community? If you could pick one policy and then, cause I, I know you were talking about um, the relationship between policy and legislation. So what policy could we get behind and then push the legislation for? What do you see? I mean, I really think 
with all these trigger happy cops, I think we really need to focus on who's policing our community and what role the community plays in policing. You know, I think we should definitely be looking at reform nationally, but also in individual states. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we definitely need to get behind because, you know, our folks are the ones that's being killed mm -hmm. that we're having to march for and put the signs up. Um, in addition to that, I would say, I think there needs to be some work around textbooks and yep. making sure the textbooks that our children get are accurate and nobody has been picking that up to work on it. So that would be the two things that I, I would say, not necessarily the only things we need to work on, but definitely a starting point. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So I hear a number of young people and by young, I mean like 10 years younger than me. So, you know, mid to late twenties and they feel like, okay, voting doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't count. And then marching in these streets is actually not, you know, forwarding any legislative policy. It's not actually changing anything. So can you give a concise reasoning and, and pathway for young people to become politically active, like marry the two, because it's not just one or the other. And, and it has to be something that they can like identify with. Why, why, why should I go out there with, with Chopton? <laughs> yeah, now that is a whole nother question, conversation. But, you know, I, I feel like it's a thing of, you have to show up and be counted. People have to know that you're vocalizing or you speaking on behalf, or even if you're speaking on behalf of yourself, your voice is important. You'll have somebody say, well, my vote don't matter. Yeah, but you might have been that one vote that shifted the electoral college for your state. But because you chose not to show up, it went the other way. You know, we saw that last go around where people were just so angry. Well, I'm just not going to vote. No, we need you to vote for a reason. I just saw something that said that the margin of error, I think it was in Wisconsin, was it? Was two votes per district two votes per district were what added up to make the difference to swing that state toward Trump. So if two Democrats or Democratic votes per congressional district in just the one state could have made a whole heap of a difference. Wow. So all this about my vote doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just not practically true. It's, just it's not. And then what they also need to understand, and we're just talking about in the context of the big election, there's municipal elections that have been going on this year and that will be taking place next year. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the federal, the big one matters, you know, but that trickle down is slower. But those municipal elections, your state reps, your city council people, your mayors, those things affect your day-to-day -day life. They, de they determine whether you're going to get a grocery store <laughs> or whether, you know, you're going to actually get, you know, your sales tax is going to go to your schools, you know, it, your parks your roads get paid, you have street lights. And I think what young people need to understand is it does matter. You just need to engage and understand how civics work. And maybe it might help for younger people to see it more on a local level first, because you gotta be honest, I get why they get frustrated because they go vote or they've seen grandmama vote for 30, 40 years. And we haven't seen the change in our communities that we wanna see. And that goes back to not holding people accountable but that goes back to that generation getting comfortable mm -hmm. and being willing to just sit back. And a lot of times, and I hate to say it, but I'll say it, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we ain't allowed some people to get in these positions and sit there for years and they haven't done shit for us. And so it becomes a thing of, do we continue to let them stay there because they look like us? Or do we raise up somebody in the community, make sure they educated, have the proper information and the character to match the power they're finna access yes. to represent us. And I think those are the conversations we got to have with our younger folks. The one is getting people, not just young people, but everybody to understand if you are, you know, if you have a particular political agenda that you don't need to sit around and wait for rich moneyed interests to put up a candidate for you. Like this is what grassroots organizing is about. And so if you can get together and cultivate you know, help to help to grow and mature a grassroots candidate who's going to have your policy positions, then you can put that person on the ballot. You don't have to wait to be like today. Like yesterday, I was just looking at my ballot for the first time. I'm like, okay, who the hell are these people? Okay, now I have to sit back and spend like three, four hours doing research. Okay, what did you do? And who did this judge said what? And this judge wants to do what? And then this city council person, I never heard of these people before in my life. That's my fault. Mm You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think we all need to take a little bit more responsibility. Our, our government is not some nebulous thing. Like, it is us. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we, we need to be more involved. Mm-hmm. But then the other point that I wanted, or the other question that I wanted to ask you was, yes, we have let, you know, people who we feel look like us, you know, get into these positions to just sit there and not do anything. And that has allowed people like Ice Cube to come out and be like, well, let me just lay down what I think we should be doing for black people since none of this stuff seems to be getting done. And there's plenty of issue with that because if you have not researched yourself, then you don't know what these people have been doing. (laughs) (laughs) you know but yes we we need to be consistently getting together and and massaging and redefining what policies we want to go forward um not just for black politicians but politicians politicians in general you know i see people you know like ice cube or people like ti and killer mike and cool i ain't got no problem with you using your platform but make sure whatever your message you're sending is seasoned and it's full is filled with wisdom. You know, mm-hmm. go connect with the folks who are on the ground doing the work that can say, hey, bro, I know that sound good, but this is actually what we need right now. So we need to create something around this. Mm-hmm. So I think us getting in space together intergenerationally and across difference to be able to have those conversations and include everybody in it. And yeah, you may not be at the forefront this time, but your time is coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it too. Well, we going to wrap up. I just wanted one last question. It might be a big one. I don't know. (laughs) So, you know, you know, my agenda, I'm trying to flip everything blue. So look like, you know, Texas look like it's, you know, flirting around with the blue-nicity. Georgia, Georgia, they fighting tooth and nail. They fighting hard. Okay. Them them not just conservative, them Confederate loving (laughs) white folks out there in Georgia are not trying to recognize the mecca of blackness that Georgia has become. And so they are fighting. But in Alabama, I know we at this moment have a democratic senator he's fighting still for his seat with what's that fool's name tuberville tuberville whatever yeah yeah (laughs) the coach yes so what's your thought on that election and what's your thought on what are your thoughts on um alabama ever turning blue 
Or at least purple, at least purple. I don't see that no time in the future. Like like Birmingham, Jefferson County will always go blue. Okay. And then yeah. we'll be surrounded by a sea of red. So unless we really flip everybody almost that's in um in the legislature, then I don't see it happening no time soon. You think to Tuber what is that man's name? Tuberville? You think he's gonna win? Let me tell you what's scary about Alabama. Mm-hmm. Football. Uh, and these folk down here love some football. Now, you know, I hope that people show up and vote Doug back in. And I was very critical of Doug the first go around. Um, and and him and I have actually become cool since. I, I told him, I said, if we do one more event together, they're going to think we're friends. You know, but <laughs> but even when we do stuff together, I challenge him. You know, you know, I don't do it on just on social media. I ask him in his face, what are you going to do about this? I haven't seen you address this. Um I hope folks show up and reelect um, Doug, but I think it's going to be a tight one. I really do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to hold out hope for that. Hey, look. Got to dream big. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Everything you said has been so enlightening. Tell the people where they can find you. Go to tmarieking.com. Finally got the website up. Yeah. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Love right. it. Yeah. Love Thank it. you so much. We really appreciate it. Spark it up. Yes, spark it up. Thanks for checking us out. Remember to follow us on Instagram at the Black Spark Podcast. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening.